Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stare Down Podcast. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast where we talk a lot about sports and just a little about real estate. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my regulars, Bill Risser in St. Pete, Florida, Todd Meininger up in Cumming, Georgia, and Shea Brewer out in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon. Boys, it was a good weekend. Let's start with you, Bill. How are you? And tell us what, what's going on. Um, doing good. We, we had a, a bunch of rain this weekend, you know, the kind that just uh, would pour for 10, 15 minutes and then let up and then come back. And so it made the golf a challenge this morning, uh, but, but shot a, uh, let's see, 11 over, a 25 in our scoring system of uh, our modified Stableford, two, uh, two off my number of 27. So uh, it turns into an 83 when you do all the calculated or complicated math, but I felt good. I mean, it was, uh, you know, uh, I doubled five and six, but then birdied seven and eight. So that, that, that's, that's a bounce back, right? That felt good. Uh, and then, you know, what else? It's just been, um, you know, kind of getting ready for a bunch of stuff that's happening here in the month of June at work. Uh, and then uh, obviously there's a whole lot of, um, we're watching a ton of British travel stuff from Amazon Prime around the Rister place lately uh, come for, the, for the big trip coming up uh, uh, the end of this month. So that's awesome. It. Very yeah. cool. Todd, how about you? What's going on in the, in the uh, out, outskirts of Atlanta? Uh, OTP, outside the perimeter. Shay, you, you remember that, right? Um, so, yes, uh, Sean, um, giant curveball thrown, thrown at me this weekend. I was, I was ready to watch hours and hours of uh, high school lacrosse summer tournament, but the tournament was canceled due to, uh, due to the, the, the rain. Um, apparently, they're on grass fields, and they just, they just get too – too muddy. If they're artificial turf, like uh, a lot of places have, they may have been able to, to do it. So um, freed up a lot of time. A um, little, little, I don't think sad or disappointing in the world, but a little bummed out. Uh, he only has three tournaments. So now it's just two. Um, and next week he'll be in Denver. I will not be at that tournament, but uh, next month he'll be in Maryland. I'm going up, going up for that tournament. So the local tournament was canceled. Um, but other than that, just watched a lot of sports and had a, had a pretty good weekend, all things considered. Fantastic. Shay, what's going on out west, man? How's the uh, how's that beautiful late spring, early summer weather? Oh, the <laughs> weather is phenomenal. I'm becoming. I, I think I did probably the most Portland thing there was to do <laughs> over the last two days. Um, today, I actually watched dragon boat racing, <laughs> which is a huge thing. It's uh, they do it at the very end of the Rose Festival, which is a three day, uh, three week festival uh during fleet week and so they block off the willamette river and they literally groups thousands of groups of people literally race dragon boats up and down the willamette river and i actually watched it for hours today what's a dragon boat (laughs) what's a dragon boat i don't even know what that is google it no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, do so that. They're, act, they're actually rowing, so it's 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 it's, it's like a row or a crew. Like a crew, mm-hmm. exactly. But the ends are shaped. Uh, will have dragon heads on, and they kind of decorate them up, right? Shay, right. Like it's a really big deal. It's they have like parades down to the river. It's yeah. it's a big deal out here. That's cool. Yeah, were, you, were you just sitting and watching? Are you like Bill? Do you keep score? Do you do? You, uh, is there a, is there a score? <laughs> like Bill, you can, bet, you can bet on it. I'm sure. <clears throat> well, actually, I really wanted to take lines, but I had trouble handicapping it, so I wasn't <laughs> able to actually take bets on the dragon boat race. <laughs> Always bet on the gray dragon boat. No. <laughs> uh, and, I and wish I, you would. I wish you would have texted me. I would have. I would have thrown action on there. <laughs> Shay, let me ask you a question. Was um was there um. Uh, tents and, and food trucks on both sides of the river. And so it was kind of a, a little, almost like an arts festival 
atmosphere or are people just literally there watching uh, the, the boats? So it's only on one side. So uh, pretty much all through downtown, uh, I think it covers a span of three bridges on all, all the way downtown. Uh, they have a rose festival and they had a rose parade yesterday and they had the, the prelims for the dragon boat yesterday and then the finals today. But there's a fair going on downtown. There's like a stage with music set up. I mean, it's a really big to do out here. Do, do they cheat and race downstream? Uh, see, I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> it's only year one. He'll, he'll be better prepared next year, right? Yeah, I'll be prepared prepare. next year. I'll All be right. prepared. Next year. I may be in the dragon boat race next nice. year. Nice. <laughs> Maybe for Pride Week, they could have some some drag queens and have the drag boat oh, right there. Yeah. For- <laughs> he's, just, he's always got. Edit, edit, edit. He's always got. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure, is a fun event out there. Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, well, let me let me recap my weekend, Bill, and then we'll we'll get into the activity. We'll we'll finish uh, and start with golf. Um, we had our mid am here at the club. Some mid am senior, super senior, and super super senior. Um, we played the gray first and the scarlet second yesterday. I put up a little seventy seven. Uh, finished with eight straight pars after a disappointing front nine um, to shoot seventy seven. And scarlet, as it usually is, is about ten strokes harder, mm. and uh, was nine over on the last five holes, Bill, and shot eighty seven. Mm. so yeah i feel um, that i feel that pain yeah out of bounds on 16 for for an eight out of bounds on 17 listen to this 17 hard par three uphill ob all left with one of the main roads in our town uh hit a hybrid out of bounds J- just a hook or was it just a just, just kind of a pull hook i was okay. trying to hit it up into the wind and let yeah. the let it ride the wind and i pull, yeah. you know just just pulled it and now, now I'm coming off a coming off a a snowman on 16. Oh. I just I reach back in my bag, throw a throw a ball down, switch to a three wood up a hill into the wind, and I blow it over the green, and then I chip it in for for a beautiful downhill chip. And <laughs> I, I just I looked at my buddies and I'm like, what a stupid game! I, what a stupid game! <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> hey Sean, was that the same day? Was that? Um... No, no. We played gray yesterday and then scarlet this morning. I was going to ask if fatigue had anything to do with it. Um, yeah, well, I, yeah, cool. you know, you get tired by the end of these rounds. And uh, but on the on the positive side, Bill uh, uh, Ryan, who didn't play in it because he's you got to be at least twenty five. It's just you know adult members. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went out with some buddies tonight and uh, dropped his first under par round on the uh, on the gray shot sixty nine today. Wow, Ooh. one under, right? Yeah. Oh, that had to feel good. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and he was he was you know typically uh, you know when you're he's like I could have shot like sixty five. I, exactly. I missed everything. Oh, I exactly. missed everything on the back nine. So he, yeah. he's not telling you about the 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 five thirty foot putts he made, but it's everything else he <laughs> yeah. shot. Yeah. Way I shot a sixty nine. Way exactly. we all said that. Yeah. yeah. But but Bill, my round today it started out like I could have been magic, right? I uh, fifteen footer. For, for save par on, on number one, nice. 18 footer for save par on number two. Ooh. Kevin starts saying like, what's up with this? And then on, on three, I knocked down like a 22 footer to save par <laughs> and, and had three putts about 65 feet on the first three holes. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Some, sometimes it only takes one good shot on a hole yep. <laughs> to yep. make a difference, but we'll be back. We'll be back. Right. Yep. So guys, let's get into it. Let's, let's start with another country club sport. Let's talk tennis, Bill, and let's put you on the spotlight. Right. Uh, French open, the second major of the year. Uh, just took place, and um, probably not a big surprise, but we have a a, a well-known winner, huh? Yeah, Rafa Nadal, number 12. Um, there's lots of records that stand in the annals of sports history. You know, you've got the 56-game hitting streak, uh, you know, with Joe DiMaggio. I guess we'll, t- we'll, we'll throw Barry Bonds in there with 760-plus home runs. Mm. But I'll tell you what, um, I think you're going to – you're seeing another one, you know, probably still going uh, going on. It might get bigger next year. 
there is no one who's ever going to touch that number of um, majors in a tennis event ever. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, Dominic team's a great young player. He's really good on clay. The problem is he's got to wait till Nadal kind of ages out. And I think, I think, I think team's got four or five French opens in him coming down the road. Uh, he's only 25. So that'll be great. But yeah, Nadal, it's just crazy. The way, you know, the, the way the players talk about it, how much spin his like are they talk about the RPM of his shots, right? How heavy that ball is, as it's coming over. And he's just a spectacular on that surface. So it's, 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 I don't, it's weird. It's just weird. What's, yeah. what's his career record there, Bill? <laughs> 83 and two. 93 and two. 93 and two. Yeah. He's, which means he's only one. And I assume his two losses were in finals. I'm just assuming maybe I'm uh, one, one was a semi. I'm almost positive. Okay. We can look it up. The other one is probably a final. Wow. Yeah. And then he's hurt. He was hurt a couple of years as well and didn't participate. So he missed out on a couple others. But. So the old saying horses for courses. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, it's amazing. Chair. And then a great, you know, an Aussie, uh, the first Aussie woman since Margaret Court, which is yeah. 50 plus years ago was, uh, uh, Ash Barty, which she's just a hoot. She's a lot of fun to watch. Five foot five. Um, amazing serve for somebody five, five on a tennis court. I mean, I'm six, four. And so I, I felt like I had a huge advantage when I did play tennis, right? Uh, because it, I was always felt like I was hitting downhill, but I don't know how, um, someone that size is able to put that kind of, uh, oomph behind it, but it was fun to watch her. So, uh, that was, that was, uh, the French open. So there's a, there's another one coming up in a, in three weeks going to start can't wait hey Bill, don't, don't tell me you're a lefty bill i am a lefty full-blown so a tall a tall lefty is a, a tennis player's nightmare yeah when i was do. serving from the ad court i would run your ass into the fence every yeah. single time with a big <laughs> oh, I've, I've, oh i love it i've had my ass run into the fence well, especially in, you know the end of my career was a ton of doubles so yeah. you'd have a guy at the net i would just go to the far left side of that of that court and just spin the shit out of it into a fence, and I would run at my, my buddy's dad into the fence all the time. He would start screaming at me. I go, well, figure it out. <laughs> and, and just when you can't cheat over enough, you go right down the tee for an Exactly. Then I can I'll hit uh, something flat and hard down the middle. What are you going to do? I'm telling you, left tall lefties are the most miserable people on the planet. They should be eliminated yes. when it comes to tennis. <laughs> yeah. Them and Randy Johnson, you, Steve Carlton, all those guys, right? <laughs> Look, I'm a big, tall, slow guy. You need someone yeah. to play first base. And yeah. some of the spin serves wide. From the <laughs> Huge advantage in tennis. Huge. All right. Yeah. So that's good. So t- tennis off the list uh, until until you, you'll give us uh, obviously some, some maybe early updates from Wimbledon. Sure. Uh, as as we see fit, I'm sure we'll get some nice uh, social media on that. Uh, let's just quickly hit hit baseball. Uh, we got two big uh, events to talk about in just a minute, but baseball. Um, Bill, have you noticed anything going on in well, baseball? Two big, that- two big signings finally. Kimbrell and Keiko finally get signed. Both going yeah. to the National League. There's some guy that's all fired up on the screen up there about Dallas Keiko going to the Braves. <laughs> oh, well, Shea probably is too. So that's good yeah. for good for the Why Braves. Not, right? Yeah, and he um, he only signed a one year deal. Kimbrell was able to pull a three million. yeah three year forty two million dollar deal out of the Cubs. So that was pretty impressive because uh, you know he they but they both wanted five-year deals it just ain't going to happen anymore and um i think with pitchers especially they're just so susceptible to injury so um in fact the rays were in that running for kimbrell they really wanted him and this hurt when this this story came out about uh the rays when he said you know uh, he had some other offers but why one of the overriding reasons he chose the cubs was because playing in boston you always played in front of a full house Mm. And he knew he was going to get the same thing in Chicago as opposed to other teams 
that were interested in his services, which is flat out saying, I'm not pitching in front of 7,000 people at the trial. <laughs> friends and family. Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, right. they had their lowest crowd ever this year at 5,000, like 147 people at a, that's a, that's a that's like baseball a, game. That's a first place team too. They're back in first place. Uh, back tied, in first today. Yep. Yeah. It's tied, a, tied first. Brutal. So, Bill, the big rumor, big rumor in Atlanta, maybe it's not a big rumor. I read that the Braves are also um, – who's the San Francisco pitcher? Um, well, it can't be Bumgarner. Bumgarner? Really? Yeah, it is. Mad Bum. Mad Bum yeah. thinking about they're going to trade Coming him? Coming to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and, and Mad think, Bum and the closer. What's the young kid? At the Giants? Yeah. Uh, not Wade Davis. That's He's not there. Um, I have him on my team. I should know his name. <laughs> He's one of my closers. I'll look it up while you're talking. I, I think wow. they got such a, a good young nucleus. I think they're they're selling out a little bit to try to uh, make something happen this year. Obviously, get, with the one year deal with with Dallas and yeah, they're just yeah. game back game back to the Phillies right now. Um, yep, playing well, and it seems to be some excitement, not just in the in the town there, Todd, but it seems to be some excitement for the Braves kind of throughout all of baseball. Oh, uh, Will Will Smith, right? Shay, is that you're talking about? Yes, yes, yeah. Smith and Baumgartner. Fresh Prince of yeah. Bel-Air is coming to uh, <laughs> Bravos. That's awesome. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, fun team to watch. I've said it all, all, yeah. all year long. Yep. Uh, one more baseball note, guys. I was in Cooperstown, New York last week. And so yeah, I think nice. when you're there, you got to drop your 25 bucks down and walk through the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I sent you guys quite a few photos, uh, snap, snap kind of each, you know, the very first display you get to is like the, lo- the, the locker room, they call it. And there's like a, a glass case for every team and it lists their championships, and it's got kind of all the, the cool memorabilia from that specific uh, team. Was the Padres like all Tony Gwynn? The Padres was a lot. A, a little Tony bit Gwynn. of Trevor, Trevor Hoffman. Hoffman. Trevor yeah, Hoffman. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, just, just a really cool thing. One thing I was very surprised about that I've told a few people, and they were surprised to hear as well, um, Pete Rose, McGuire, Canseco, Bonds, they're all in oh. the museum. They're They've just got- not in the Hall of Fame. They've got tons of their memorabilia there. The yeah. Bats I mean, and balls and uniforms. So, you know, people, people always argue. They say, how can you keep the hit king out? I'm like, well, he's in there as the all-time hit leader. He's in there as his 44-game hitting streak. He's in there for most triples. He's in there for all these things. Um, he's just not in the – at the very last thing you kind of get to after you go through all the yeah. – is a truly a hallway uh, lined with the, the, the plaques, it's not the plaques. It's a hall of – Yes, miss people. Wow. It's yes. awesome. Yeah, yeah it, it is kind of cool. And there's a there's yeah. a touchscreen display in there, um, asking questions about Pete Rose. Like question number one, it says, "What do you think is worse for baseball, PEDs or gambling?" Ooh. And then you can slide your you can slide your the slider, and then you, do you, you get to see the answers. Do you see the you results? Is it is, is, you, you is it's got to be gambling? Gambling, got to be. Was no. gambling number one? No, you're PEDs. kidding. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Gambling I, I, can change the outcome of a game. Oh my god! Yeah. I, I can't yeah. believe that. That's I would not- think gambling would be worse. Yeah. Hmm. You know, that's a bunch of non-gamblers voting. Yes. Point shaving would be huge, right? <laughs> well, think about it. In, in any sport, sport, if, if it, you know, the, the integrity of the sport is compromised, yeah. I get it. PAD, PEDs back in the, well, the nineties, the they were all doing it. Seriously. They're all doing it. So who cares? So it was, le- it was level, right? Yeah, it was level. But if you've got one person placing bets and then on the take control, he has control. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's interesting because at the end of it, the guys, it just basically said, do you think Pete Rose should be in the hall of fame? And 78% of people that have been through the hall there um, say yes. Yeah. Bill, you, you work for the Padres. We, this is well yeah. documented. Is it every, at every clubhouse, there's a giant sign when you first walk in that <laughs> says 
do not gamble on sports. You know, like in the Charger locker room, there was one in the Padre locker room. There, those signs were everywhere. So there's just there's just I, not I, one in them in the Meiniger kitchen. There's just not one there. <laughs> or, the, or the Shea Brewer. Uh, uh, I don't know. Shea Brewer study. Yeah. I wish I had that sign. I really do. Yeah, it's, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. there. It's, it's but a, it was a really cool uh, experience. I was only there for about an hour and a half. Obviously, you could you could literally spend a full day if you're looking at every display. Right. Um, you know, b- between the the digital and the pictures and just you know you, just in the, the one movie, room where it, it has all theater, like, the movie theater you can yeah, watch the movie yeah yeah well there's there's video boards everywhere showing great plays and 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 big moments and it was just really really neat um, to see um, so let, let's turn to another sport that could end tonight uh, that's NHL hockey uh, they're dropping the puck here in about 25 minutes as we're recording this on Sunday night it's game six in St Louis so the Stanley Cup will be in the building. Mm. Uh, there's, there's a chance for Stanley Cup uh, lands in St. Louis for the first time since 1970. Please, uh, please let it end. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Um, no game seven. No a, game uh, seven. Uh, we got to get overtime game seven. That's what I want. Interesting game five uh, where uh, a controversial no call. Um, Todd, you once again, the, the, the referees are in the spotlight for one reason or another. And uh, there was a, there was a pretty obvious tripping uh um, uh, there was a tripping event we'll call it because it wasn't called a penalty, but there was a trip by the St. Louis blues uh, on the Bru- Bruins and, and the Boston team kind of froze, especially the player that was tripped. He kind of froze and just stayed on the ice because he was expecting there to be a call. There was no whistle. And uh, go ahead, Todd. I'm just saying you play to the whistle, right? If you, yeah. you're supposed to keep playing until you hear the whistle, but go ahead. I, yeah. I know it's my anti Boston bias. that's going to sneak out here. <laughs> But, but I, you know, I'm watching, I watched that play and uh, you've, everyone in this room, have you all held a hockey stick? Yes. Yeah, sure. you've all held a hockey stick. How much do they weigh? Roughly. Two pounds. Maybe. Three pounds. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe less. Yeah. They're very yeah. light. They're very light. It, it looked like, I, I know he, I know the guy came behind him, right? With that stick, but the guy was stationary and it almost looked like a flop. It almost looked like mm. he felt the stick and he said, screw it and just threw himself backwards. And because he's an idiot Bruin, he knocked himself out and concussed him. <laughs> I, I, you know, I speak, your, speak your mind, Bill. Speak your mind. Don't, just, don't hold back. I, I yeah. wasn't. So I don't know. I, it seemed like the reaction of the – it really felt like he was trying to you know, grab a penalty. But it was absolutely – it was absolutely – it, it, it looked soccerish. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, he just made it look worse. But, yeah, it should have been a penalty even after saying all that. Yeah, they they missed it. And, and and you know, look, Boston might not have scored on the power play uh, as it turned out on that play. As it continued, yeah. um, you know, the puck the puck goes through the through the crease uh, as Tuka Rask goes to extend to to block it. It goes underneath his pad and, and diverts it into the goal. Um, Bruins score a couple minutes later, um, but they just couldn't couldn't overcome the two two goal deficit. Um, so they head in, into St. Louis today, um, you know, with a chance to send it back to Boston. But they're going to have to win two and. Look, they've got a great goaltender, Tuka Rask, going up against Jordan Bennington, uh, a rookie, a well, well-documented rookie. Um, but that building's going to be absolutely electric, mm-hmm. right? No kidding. No kidding. St. Is it in St. Louis tonight? Yep. It is in St. Louis tonight. So a chance wow. to – you know, I, I think, you know, there is no better uh, trophy celebration than the Stanley Cup, the way they pass it around and the captain gets it first. Yep. And, um, yep. But when it's done at home, it's just so much cooler, right? Um, when it's done, you know, if, if, if St. Louis would, let's say, win – uh, you know, on, on uh, Tuesday night in Boston, it's still a cool ceremony. It's just, and there will be a, a, a large number of Boston fans that would stay to take pictures and see that, see the ceremony, but there would also be less uh, emotion. Right. I was going to say, Sean, I've seen in the last 
you know, I, I remember in the past seeing teams win on the road. And one thing about hockey, uh, and maybe it goes to show why they do the handshakes, is there seems to be respect after, you know. Um, I've seen the cup being presented on the road, and the fans seem to stick around and, you know, truly acknowledge that uh, there, there's a champion, which I yeah. think is pretty cool. There's, there's almost I, like a there's a rugby feel to it, right? Like, I'm not a mm-hmm. big rugby fan, but those guys will beat the hell out of each other for 60 minutes and then go and then drink go beer. Go have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> like, nothing happened. I was like, wow. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it was cool. Uh, Cam Atkinson is one of the players for Blue Jackets. He was on with the local morning show guys. And what, one of them asked him, said, hey, once the, once you guys lost to the Bruins, do you just turn off hockey until, until training camp? Or do you tune in to watch? And he goes, no, these, these are the greatest players in the world, man. And you're, yeah. you, you're watching it. You, you know, as, as bittersweet as it is, and as much as you want to see it, you want to watch great hockey because you're a hockey fan. Um, That's cool. You know, and it's kind of cool. And he goes, he goes, you know, I would never touch the cup uh, if I didn't win it, but it, it's still cool to see it. So well, let's let's transition that to Shea. Shea is uh, LeBron watching the uh, finals? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Okay. Even though he's down in the where he's in Tahiti, he's got he's got some kind of satellite service and he's watching. I imagine oh, he can afford that. Games. All right, yeah. All right. Hey, Sean, I got a question for you, and it's 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 going to segue. So keep keep me on track if I'm I'm going down a rabbit's hole. But was that a review situation, the Boston trip no trip, or that was just a call? No. No judgment. Okay, so it, it would be like uh, holding, you know, calling gotcha. football. football yeah. I didn't. I didn't know if because uh, I, I didn't see that. Um, but I was watching tennis today, and you know, I'm a. I, I'm always picking on replay, right? But I think tennis is one of the few sports that has it right. All they're doing is seeing if a ball's in or out. That's it. There's no judgment. What drives me crazy, and why I think replay doesn't work, is refs go to a screen, they look, and they're still making a judgment call, and they in my opinion, get it wrong. So uh, we're going to transition. I can talk about it later. But watching soccer today, I am a big proponent of looking to see if the ball has crossed the goal line for a goal. But now they're doing what they call VAR and calling penalties in, 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 in retrospect, if that's the correct word. Oh, it was a handball in the box. It's now a penalty kick. That's the type of replay that drives me crazy. Uh, I think tennis has it right. I think, is it a goal or not? But um, anyway, don't open a can of worms. But yeah. I was just wondering if that was a hockey replay decision or just a, a live call. It, that, was, it was not uh, reviewable, not during the season, not during the playoffs. And that, yeah. that, and that Todd, I'm going to rip on replay sec- segment was brought to you by <laughs> Barbasol. Barbasol. Yeah. It's a regular gig, isn't it, every week? <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about the NBA. Uh, and, and we'll recap, obviously, if, if St. Louis gets it done uh, on next week's show. Um, Shay, we're, we're one day, we're one night away from a, perhaps our first, uh, national basketball association trophy going north of the border to a non American town. Um, let's start with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, has he been good or what? <laughs> Kawhi was lights out. Even I can answer that one. Even I can yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Shay. There were, there were segments in game three, which is the first game back in Oracle where, the basket just seemed huge. Everything he threw up seemed to go in, whether it was three-pointer, two-pointer, it doesn't matter who was guarding him. Kawhi was just – he looked like the best player in the world. Yeah. You know, when you talk about that mid-range jump shot that he has clearly just found this year, uh, I mean, Kobe had it. Uh, Matt, Michael Jordan certainly had it. Um, who else do you think just has that mid-range jumper that just, when he's feeling it, you just know it's going in. I mean, I think Durant sometimes goes on little runs where he has it. Um, but that, that 15 to 18 foot jump shot is just something amazing to watch. 
I think I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to see a lot of it here in Portland. I think CJ McCollum is great with his okay. range jump shot. And uh, I go even further, take a, a deeper name, uh, the former Toronto Raptor, who Kawhi actually replaced, DeMar DeRozan, mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. king of the mid-range. And um, maybe that's because he doesn't have the range to shoot the three ball. But, I mean, from mid-range, anywhere from 12 to 18 feet, I mean, he, DeMar DeRozan is deadly. Let me ask you this. Who else do you think of that shoots that line drive shot like Kawhi? I was, was going to bring that up. How unbelievable. Tall? I was just going to look it up. How tall is Kawhi? And obviously he elevates because you got to elevate to, to hit something that flat. It's Even his free throws are so flat. So did you guys play basketball growing up? I mean, I did a little bit, but I was taught that you want to put an arc in the ball. It gives it a better chance to go well, in, right? When you're a hack, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> obviously, when you're Kawhi I mean, Leonard, like, yeah, when right? you're Kawhi Leonard yeah. you I mean, talk about that, like Shay. Talk about how the, that flat shot. It's crazy. But the margin of error when you're shooting flat, you think would be less, but not, he's obviously not, not for Kawhi. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I read um I read a really good article on Kawhi this week. Uh, forget where I read it, but it was saying you know for for those of you who follow basketball even remotely, you understand Kawhi's a really like mild manner, just mm-hmm. uh, to all accounts, just a really good guy, and. Um, it was uh it was it was an article and it was actually citing or quoting one of his coaches back at San Diego State and it was saying that the only time Kawhi Leonard ever got in trouble when he was at San Diego State is when they would go to team dinners and they would ban cell phones at team dinners and Kawhi would still be watching vintage videos of Michael Jordan at dinner on his cell phone. <laughs> wow! Wow! So so Kawhi six eleven. I'm sorry, six seven. He's six. He's he's six, six seven. He's like okay. six seven, like two thirty. Very, very similar body type to Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. And what makes Kawhi so different is his hands. So his nickname is the Claw because he has these huge hands. And so a lot of what he does, he's able to hold on to the ball to the last minute. Even though that shot's flat, it's not like he's jumping higher or kicking out or anything like that. But he's able to control that ball with his hand mm. to the very last minute. Wow. And that has a lot to do with that shot. Yeah. So let's let's do a little rewind, Shay, because we, we all we had was one game under our belt last week. Um, they went, you know, Golden State wins game two. Uh, dagger shot by Iguodala, kind of left alone there with five seconds left on the clock after a furious comeback. They go to Oracle, and I think everyone in the world, except for maybe Toronto fans, are thinking, like, here we go, two and two and two and Oakland going to be three to one going back and you know uh, they'll probably give him a courtesy one at home and and win it in six in Oracle. Um, But that's not how it happened because Clay, Clay Thompson goes down at the end of that game two uh, with a, what a hamstring injury. Hamstring. Yep. Hamstring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Toronto just wasn't, they were going to give no quarter. It was pretty much Steph's game to uh, carry the team. And he did, he he played 47 points, had an amazing game, but just, um, you know, he looked exhausted at the end of that game, let alone in game four. Um, just what were your thoughts on kind of the game three and, and how that swung with Steph doing everything he could, but just had no support from the other guys? I, Steph, played a, Steph played a phenomenal game. I mean, Steph ended up with uh, 47 points, was it? Yeah, 47 yeah. and I think 13 or yeah. something like that. Yeah, 40, yeah 47 points game three. Um, but the fact of the matter is there's a, there's a lot of injuries on Golden State, but you can't make excuses. Mm. Injuries never an excuse. But Nick Nurse is out coaching Steve yes. Kerr. Like mm-hmm. maybe Steve Kerr doesn't have enough bullets in the gun, but Nick Nurse is out coaching Steve Kerr. When Nick Nurse did game two, game three, and game four, and it seems like the Warriors haven't really figured it out, was 
Nick Nurse is actually going to what we call in the coaching world a jump defense. He's playing mm-hmm. a lot of box and one on Steph Curry yeah. and absolutely denying Steph Curry the ball and uh, essentially a zone, just a box zone with the other four guys on the court and daring daring Draymond Green and, and Quinn Cook and those other those other guys those guys Warriors to actually shoot yeah. the ball. You're not going to beat them inside, and yeah. because of the zone, you're going to rebound well out of it, and you're daring them to make shots. And Golden State hadn't been able to make shots outside of Curry. When, uh, game when, four was a little different. Uh, Curry was like 27, and Clay came back and hit like 28. But it's still, I mean, those other guys, those role players have to contribute more. Yeah, and 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 I think Seth struggled. Uh, Steph, Steph struggled mightily game four, right? I mean, zero for five from three point line the first uh, half. That kind of stuff just that just destroys, I think, the team kind of momentum, right? They never got it going. They never really? they had a, they had a chance to have a double digit lead. You know, it was br- brilliant. I thought once again, a, a tip of the hat to Nick Nurse. Um, I was watching that game in Albany, and the pace that that Toronto came out with in that first half. Mm-hmm. Just, just was almost a breakneck pace, uh, almost like playing Golden State's game on Golden State, and they were so tired. Uh, and you saw at the end of the second quarter, um, and this game, this series has all, always been about third quarters, and yeah. they just, I mean, they, I think they were thirty-eight to fourteen in the third quarter. And dude, just put dude, it away. dude, they were trying to pop a hammy on Clay Thompson. Of course, you're going to run up and down the court. That's what I'm saying. Now. Yeah, it was just a brilliant strategy to just wear those guys down after Clay's. Look, Steph played, I think, what forty-seven minutes or forty-six minutes in his forty-seven point game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 not just you know. But, he has to work for a lot of his open shots as quickly as he as he shoots it. He's running baseline to baseline, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, off off of picking off curls and things like that. Hey, he did what an MVP needs to do, especially um, his team, because Clay and uh, Durant are out. So he basically said, you know, come on, let's uh, let me do it again. I had a question for Shay: Is Toronto? And, and I know we're all, they're all pros, um, but are they in awe of Golden State in that? This game five feels like a must win, or are they just think they're the best team in the league? And, 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 and you know what I mean? Like some teams get intimidated by a dynasty. Do you think they're intimidated, or you think they're, they're ready to, to, to just play? I don't, I don't think that's the personality of this team. This right. team is very uh, workmanlike uh, personalities, workmanlike yep. attitudes, and they, the job's not done type of thing for those guys. And I'm not just saying that for cliche. They don't, they, the, this is not the team that got excited when they won game three in Oracle. They didn't get excited when they won game four in Oracle. You know, their fans, a different story, but <laughs> the team itself was just, you know, we won a game. We still got to win two more. You know, their we won D- a game. We still got to win one more. Their DNA, they're not they, – because, they, yeah. I mean, as a very casual NBA fan, even though they're up three to one – my gut instinct is it feels like a must win for Toronto because you don't want to let Golden State well, I think, I think, have any flicker of hope, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think I, I know where you're coming from. The Warriors had, had, have had such a dynasty. Yeah. Um, and when they picked up Durant, I mean, it was just kind of like written in stone. We're just going to win until we break the team up. Um, and now they got a chance to break it up early. That's great. I, although I, I do want to point out one thing, Shay, um, as a Phoenix Suns fan back in the day, it was good to see Danny Green come back to be what he really is, which is a guy that can't make a three-pointer most of the time because that's what he's <laughs> Phoenix the whole time. Game four is the real green, okay? I'm just telling you right now. Hey, Joe, did you all see the video of um, Leonard pregame? I think it was for game four. And, uh, find it on Twitter. But his one of his teammates, and Shay, you probably know, but he's trying to give Kwame knuckles and get him fired up. And 
dude's just stone faced. Like, I got a job. Oh to yeah, do. I, I saw that. that. Yeah. yeah, before they came out of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, great. yeah. I thought that was awesome. He's well, and great. I, I like Shay. You kind of uh, rushed over it, uh, talking about his mentality um, and his kind of his, his uh, quiet approach. Um, but in the in the press conference after Game Four, where he had thirty six or thirty eight, um, the reporter said, "You know, how much did you really want to try and get forty in the game?" He says, "I wasn't. I wasn't trying to get forty. I, I don't care. No, I had no I, idea how many points. I don't has. care." He goes, "I just I, wanted I to win." I just wanted to win. I, he goes, I've never been a, I've never been a stats person. And it wasn't in any way a slam at, no. at Steph's 47. It just was like, I've never, ever been about, I'll score two if, if my team wins. You I, know? I've heard more out of Kawhi Leonard's mouth this last week than I have his entire career. Yeah. Because I think, I think he has to speak. Like when they, when you want to, when they want to post game interview, he gives it and he's doing pretty good. He's, you know, he's just, he's being honest. He's just being himself. He's a great kid, right? I was I was watching Game Four with some friends, and I I, I saw Kawhi's post game interview with Doris Burke. Yeah, and it he looked more comfortable, more uncomfortable in the post game interview than he ever did in the game. Yeah, <laughs> but sure. he's still doing great because before it would have been yes, no, I gotta go. Right, he was done. <laughs> and on the flip side, that's why we gotta love and appreciate Golden State, who cherishes the fanfare and the swag and the confidence. And those guys are all just trying to duel each other. And then you got, you know, as Shea said, it's just a workmanlike effort from, from Leonard and, and the Raptors. It's, it's a fun kind of matchup, right? Who wins Monday night? And does Durant play? I, well, Durant, Kevin Durant was cleared to practice today, and I don't think he did practice, but he yeah. was cleared to practice. Right before, the, right before we started recording, it said questionable. Okay, well, yeah. that's better than out. He's, he's playing. Backs okay. against the wall. They're facing elimination. He's so up. if, if – um, 80% of Durant and 90% of Clay Thompson are there with Steph. Who wins tomorrow night? Toronto. Oh, okay. So you think it's yeah, over? Yeah, I, I, I thought Paul Pierce – I don't like Paul Pierce at all, but I liked his – right before they went to the game, on, on they, you know, Jalen picked uh, Golden State and uh, whoever else they got in the booth there. And they went to Paul Pierce, and Paul Pierce pulled his phone out, and he says, I'm taking a selfie because this is the last game you're going to see in Oracle. So Toronto's going to win tonight and Toronto's going to win on Monday. He's from Boston. That's why you don't like him. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But but guys, so, so not to harp on this, but you look at, we talk about Toronto playing a fast pace. The, the, the NBA playoffs typically you shorten your roster, but game four alone, the Warriors had basically four guys to, to play 40 minutes. Yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah. a mm-hmm. lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Night in every other night, that's a lot of minutes after a grueling season and a grueling playoffs. That's why Toronto's just a little more fresh there. I mean, I think they've mm-hmm. got it figured out. Like I said, the box and one is giving them a lot of trouble. And when you're tired and you're a jump shooting team and you have to rely on those legs to make jump shots, that adds up. Now, Shay, it sounds like you're pulling out the old Shea Brewer Duke dissection from the March Madness here. <laughs> Hey, that's what we've named it. <laughs> hey, gu- gun to my head. Toronto's up 3-1. They're playing great, but Golden State's kind of like Bama football. I mean, until oh, until they yeah. lose, I'm not I'm until not until the, the body's been been announced dead. Hey, one yeah. more quick question that, uh, before we move to golf. Um Shay, if if Toronto wins tomorrow night, if Toronto wins this series, does Kawhi stay? Has there ever been a, a moment in history where a great great player has left after a title? Does Kawhi stay in Toronto? Do you think this has become his uh, his team, his didn't town? LeBron, didn't LeBron leave after a title in Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I think 
I think Kawhi does stay. Um, there was a rumor that he was actually uh, that he had just recently purchased some property in Toronto, and a reporter actually questioned him about it yesterday. And his response was he hadn't actually completed the purchase yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> if that's a telling sign, but I think still I still an Kawhi escrow stays. or. <laughs> <laughs> I think he stays. Kawhi's not, I mean, he's not a me guy. Uh, Yeah, he is from Southern California, but he's not, he he doesn't care about the limelight or has to be close to home. Um, I believe the guy still drives around a 97 Suburban. (laughs) So, I mean, he just, you know, he doesn't really care about that stuff. And I think he's found a home in Toronto. Those fans are great. What would that, Mm. what would his status be like in Toronto? Next to Joe Carter. In the entire country. In yeah, the entire country. He'll never have to pull on his wallet again, man. Oh, yeah, everything's gosh. everything's comped, and he would he will he'll sit in 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 you know that pedestal with Joe Carter, you know. So you got Gretzky. No one will touch yeah, Gretzky. Right? Gretzky yeah, right. first, and then right. and then down, down to no one will ever replace Gretzky. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on. So, all right, guys, let's finish with golf. Uh, Canadian Open, speaking of Canada, uh, we saw some pretty good action, beautiful course. Uh, the setting there on 18 was unbelievable, the clubhouse and the amphitheater. Yeah. Um, Very uh, Olympic club-like, it looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, the way it's up on the hill. Green. Yeah. Um, Roy McIlroy wins his, uh, his second event of the year, uh, wins by eight strokes uh, over Shane Lowry and Webb Simpson on the chip-in on 18. Uh, Roy comes to the 18th hole with a chance to shoot 59. Uh, he's been playing great. Came off a eagle on 17 to have the chance. Blew his second shot right. Uh, tried to tried to make the bunker shot. It looked like um, ends up with a bogey. Shoots 61, which which as good of a round it is was the second lowest round of the week. Brent Snedeker had a 60 uh, <laughs> earlier in the week. Um, but Rory, Rory, you know, Todd, we talked about this offline. Rory in great form heading into another major. Um, will he be able to to carry this? Um, this is his fourth. Uh, I think they said fourth national open. He's won the, the mm. open. He's won the Irish. I think he said six. 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 Okay. So, yeah. so I wonder He's what the other ones are. He's won the U.S. Irish, Irish Scottish, British, U.S. And two, two more. Can- Canada. And, Canada. and, and the, Lith- the Lithuanian open when he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he's a wee lad. Um, but obviously uh, there was a lot of good players in this tournament, Bill, that the year, week before the majors. So kudos to either the course or the timing or the fact that I, I think a lot of the fact is that these guys have played pebble. It's not like they haven't played pebble before. Right. They're just going to play a different pebble than they play in, in March or yeah. February. Yeah. Um, Brooks Kepka tied for 50th concerned. No, he just <laughs> okay. plays. He just plays the majors. So he played a course easier than he's going to play, and he sh- he was tied for fiftieth. He shot I think three under for the tournament. Look, he he's 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 on record. He's bold enough to say that he focuses more on the majors than he does the regular yeah. tournaments. So right. don't worry about Brooks. Worry so about so him. so Bill's not picking Brooks at all. If, no. if you were giving if you were giving so, Brooks next week, nah, it's a weird thing. I'm not a big Brooks Kepka fan. I, I yeah, I'm not taking him. So 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 Sean uh, again. McElroy, 16, his 16th victory, four majors, mm-hmm. six national championships, um, yeah. just turned 30. It, it's, he, he's a victim of his own success because, I mean, you even mentioned in our chatter, like, is he going to disappoint again? And that's just a credit to how good he is, right? Well, when, did he, when, when did he win his last major? I uh, think it was five 20, years ago? 2015. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's um, part of the issue. He, he had early success, as, as Jordan has. They have early yeah. success, and then it's there's, it's really hard to continue that success. There's a lot of really good golfers out there, there sure and they start 150 a week, right? So you're being you're yeah. being a lot of guys. One, um, one, 154, right, Sean? Uh, <laughs> when he won his first, 
32, 33? Pretty old. Yeah. Right? Pretty old. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so one anyway, of the cool, coolest things uh, about the U.S. Open for us guys, three of us on this podcast, is it's prime time golf. Prime time on Father's Day, Bill. Uh, we can maybe get in 36 and still watch most of the action. I saw earlier Fox's coverage on the weekends goes from noon till 10 p.m. Are you kidding me? I love the East Coast. (laughs) Finally, finally, positive on the East Coast. I found something good for you because (laughs) I am so tired of staying up till freaking midnight to watch basketball and hockey playoffs. Yeah, that's funny. funny. It might even be longer because Fox Sports One might have early coverage, but you know that. The first group goes off at 6.45 on Thursday, and that's 9.45 our time, Bill. So we can have half a day's worth of work done uh, as we flip on the, uh, the, the Fox Sports 1 network or uh, the, the app. Yeah, I'm looking for Yeah, it's right. The, the, my two years here with the uh, Opens had been East Coast Opens, so it was no big deal. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, this reminds me of the uh, when I, watching the Mercedes Championship. Yeah, they were three hours ahead of us back in San Diego or Phoenix. And so yep. Yeah. Cool. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I guess just very quickly, you know, who are you looking at? You know, we got Phil trying to win the, the, the career major. He's, he won at Pebble earlier this year. It's going to be a totally different Pebble. Um, the long open fairways with no rough is going to be brought down to the, you know, bacon strips out there in the fairways. Um, you know, it's going to, Bill, I hear they're, they're 17. Uh, you know, for the AT&T, they play it much shorter. Uh, if you if you remember ever watching the video of Nicholas hitting, you know the the famous shot where he hits the stick. Yeah, um, he was hitting from behind the road. Yeah, uh, over by hole number four. And that's actually where they're moving it back to for the U.S. Open. Nice. Um, so it's going to play much longer into the wind. Um, are, are we going to have a pick'em show, Sean? Um, I don't know if we'll have time. Uh, we might have to do it do it via text because um, I'm coming back late Wednesday night from uh, Nashville. But maybe we could jump on and do something from the airport, uh, depending on your guys' schedule. So let's keep that in the loop. Um, but one other thing, Bill, you mentioned at uh, at Bethpage, the tenth hole is far away from the clubhouse. Well, if you've ever been to Pebble, and I have played it, uh, yeah. the tenth hole is almost as far. The only thing farther is the eleventh tee. Um, mm. yeah. It's a long way that they're obviously going to have to shuttle players from the range to the tenth hole. And remember, their range is horrible. It's that yeah. little tiny range. It's you know you got to shuttle up from the clubhouse to get to. Yeah, it's maybe it's like, maybe fifteen spots yeah. for players. You know? They've they've had a few opens here. They know what they're doing, right? They were there yeah. in two thousand. They were there uh, since then. So this is their third one since then. So or second one since since uh, the two thousand when Tiger killed them all. Yep. But I th- yeah, I think it's um, uh, Graham McDowell won the last one, right? Yeah, Graham McDowell, yep. twenty ten. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Graham, did you see uh, what he did today? Yeah, made a, like a 35-footer to make it into the British, British Open. To finish yeah. in the top 10, so now he's eligible for the British Open. It was yeah. awesome. Wow. And it's in his hometown. It's in yeah. his hometown. Final on, on 18 today. On 18, yeah, that was awesome. awesome. So he got to talk to Amanda, you know, in person. So he was super happy. <laughs> That's not a bad bad thing, right? No, I'm just saying. I'm so we, uh, we – um, we got some good pairings: Jordan, Tiger, Justin Rose. Awesome. Uh, we got to do our pick'em show, Sean. We yeah, we'll, we'll find, find, find a way on, on Wednesday from the uh, BNA airport and a cold Yazoo beer. That'd be good. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a hard stop, so let's yes. uh, as we look ahead and, and, and get Bill off to his uh, dancing show. Oh. <laughs> Dragons and dancing. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the Tonys and I'm watching NHL playoffs. It just doesn't get any better. Perfect. Yeah. Living the dream in St. Pete. Living the dream. Shay, what do you got coming up this week, buddy? 
Man, I got two things, man. I wanted to call out the uh, best thing I saw today. I didn't actually see it. I read about it, though. The uh, the kid from Vanderbilt, uh, Rocker. Yeah. Come yes. on, Rocker. 19 strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, no, no hitter today to save his team, keep him alive. And then three strikeouts and a no hitter. That's pretty wow. awesome, man. Wow. Congrats I hope, to that I hope kid. they win tomorrow. I hope they advance. So, um, I got one sad note, too, man. I, uh, As an Auburn fan, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, send my condolences out to the, uh, the, Bram- the Bramlett family. Uh, Rod and his wife Paula died in a car accident this week. Um, he was a play-by-play announcer for many wow. years for Auburn. Wow. So that was kind of a sad note, but the Auburn family's with him. And I've, we love him. I've seen and more importantly listened to the kick six about 13, 14 times this week. Uh, just every time it comes up on my Twitter feed, I have to watch it. It's just one of the coolest things that we'll ever remember. You know, it's there's five or ten plays that you, you ask people, did you see it? And that his call of that was unbelievable. I, I can give you where I was. I was at an ASU game uh, tailgating, watching it on some guy's big screen off a satellite. And <laughs> the place was going nuts. It was great. Uh, that's awesome. I was, at the, I was at the beach. I remember like yesterday. Um, uh, Auburn super fan also passed away. Did Did you all see that story? Yeah. That was sad too. I'm losing you. No. Oh. No, no, you got him. Yep. Yeah. No. Just, We're good. just a tough week for us. This is a tough week for the family, but. Hey, man, we're Auburn family. We'll be fine. We'll bounce back, and uh, it'll be football season before you know it. It'll bring us all together. Sports bring us all together. That's why we do this podcast, right? Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Good call. Todd, what do you got on the books? Uh, I'll say it. My Bill's favorite expression. Real quick, um, soccer still alive and well. So we have the Women's World Cup going on Tuesday, uh, USA-Thailand at 2 o'clock. Um, so again, that's a month long event, kind of, kind of fun to watch. And also coming up is the CONCACAF gold cup. So that is North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Um, they're all, they're all playing for a, 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 a trophy. Uh, we're the defending champs. Um, so and anyway. the US, o- U.S. Open is happening right now, I, I believe as well, because Columbus crew plays against a team from Pittsburgh, the, uh, river boats or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, and there was a there was a, a friendly today USA Venezuela <laughs> Venezuela lost three nothing so that doesn't bode well for the USA lost three nothing yeah the USA I'm lost. sorry you're correct you're correct yeah, yep USA yep. lost three nothing yes Ouch. yes so anyway uh, typical business as usual week just gonna try to close some jobs and uh, and uh, watch a little golf uh, and soccer while I'm while I'm at it so good what about you Bill what about you Bill. Um, this week on the, on the uh, real estate sessions podcast, it's Michelle Bellasari, who's kind of out of, she's out of Boca Raton. I don't know if you know her, Sean, The rat she's part of the uh, snap pack and she's, she's part of, um, um, she, she's a heavy into social media, a lot of lifestyle stuff. So she has a, a blog called hashtag. So Boca with three O's mm. because she's it's talking all about Boca Raton. That's her thing. Okay. Um, and so you'll, I think you'll like her stuff. She's, she's pretty smart. Um, and then, uh, this week I'm interviewing, you know, an, another, uh, another Portlander, um, Shay, her name is Shelly Zavitz and she's a realtor who wrote a book called, um, 300, your first 365 days in the business and, uh, how to build a business from nothing. I read the book last night in one night, Sean. I saw you post it. Great wow. book. And it's, um, a lot of the stuff you talk about is in there, Sean. It's kind of, you know, really key stuff. But she she lays out her first year. She starts in Portland. She knows four people as she becomes a realtor. And by the end of the year, she had 278 people in her database. Wow. Cool. Because she was doing the right things. It's a very good book. So I'll be interviewing her this week. So that'll be uh, for, for next week. Good, good. Yeah. And then are you traveling or are you staying local? 
staying local this week. I've got Lee County next week. So. Okay. Good, good. Well, guys, for me, it's uh, uh, one day uh, prepping for the following week. I spend, spend most of the day in the office tomorrow getting ready for Arkansas, uh, which is coming up next week. Uh, but then I head off to, to Music City, get to go down to Nashville, uh, find out early Tuesday playing golf uh, with Sean Simmons, uh, who's an agent with um, Frederick and Clark. Uh, and then we'll um, speak to the Real Estate Blaze, an audience uh, on Tuesday that will, uh, on Wednesday that will, um, have a great day doing my rock and roll presentation, Bill. So yeah. called oh, getting wow. in tune with your audience, mm-hmm. uh, what, what real estate rock stars can learn from real rock stars. And it's, it's a, uh, should be a fun, fun, fun event. And, and the guys, maybe we'll try and talk on Wednesday night to do a little uh, prime time pick them for the U S open. So guys, great, co- great show. We're out on time. And uh, for Shay and for Todd and for Bill, I'm Sean Carpenter. Let's go watch some hockey. Let's go watch some people dancing in New York city. No dragons, no dragons, <laughs> no dragons. <laughs> talk to you guys later.